Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. You're joined by your new sort of regular host, Matt. Fuck, this has become regular and I don't like it, but anyway. <laughs> um, today, um, on one of our, again, maybe short episodes, as me and Ben hoped last week, but then pushed past almost the hour mark, uh, joining me is not Ben, so maybe it'll go faster. Hi, Alex. How's it going, Matt? Look, I've got, um, I've got nowhere to be, so... Oh, good. To the wee hours good. of the night. So, so you've got you've cleared your schedule. Wait, let me open Pretty much. up here. Okay, let's go. Nice. Um, yeah. So, how are you doing that otherwise? Cold as shit, um, or is it just me? Yeah, geez, it was fucking cold. I mean, I'm not a meteorologist, so I don't know the technical term, but it was puss cold. Yeah, look, um, as in this household, it goes, it's tits cold. All right, okay. Um, um, it's the general vernacular in this house, and I'm in two socks, two pairs of socks. Two today. pairs of socks. I've, I've got a pair of socks and uh, and my slippers, um, but I'm wearing two jerseys, and I've got my long johns on underneath my pajama pants. Okay. Um. Yeah. My slippers are in Korea somewhere. I didn't pack them, and I just never got around to rebuying another pair. Okay. Were they good? Good slippers? Do you miss them? They were good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I did miss them. Nice. Not the, the sheepskins, but not the fold over, the slightly like ankle boot sheepskin, so uh, almost like ugly. like Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, mine are yeah, fold over sheepskins. Done. I've had them, but I've had them since high school, so they got quite. Uh, <laughs> they got like. I went through a pair in like two years. Yeah. But uh, I should probably get a new one. Yeah. I think I was. It's a good thing to have to leave. It's a good thing to leave out there for your kid and your wife to kind of get you for Father's Day at some point. I think. No one, no one likes idea. that dad who Good gets idea. himself everything. Yeah. It's, it's a nice one to put out on on a public forum like this, you know, that for Father's Day next year. I don't think they're <laughs> looking for to this best. Yes. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, I think Daniel might hear this before your wife. <laughs> Probably, if ever, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, ben might join us. Um, his Skype is playing silly buggers and. I think word on the street is we've still banned. We haven't lifted Adam Adam's ban from his shit maths. Um, my Skype is no longer playing silly buggers. Oh, that's good. Congrats, yeah. welcome back. It, it turns out it was actually my Google Chrome that was playing silly buggers. It, oh. it decided it, it decided it needed to it decided it needed to like restore all my defaults. So my oh, Skype had. So my Skype had to be given permission to access my like microphone and stuff and yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. I apologize. Sorry, I'm late, guys. No, no, no worries. Just, we'll take it up with Google. Have you? What are your? What's your slipper situation like, Ben? Just out of curiosity, we're not polling everyone about their slipper situation. I, I don't own slippers. I live in Mauritius. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I suppose. So the island doesn't get cold at all. Oh, we are never guess it would cold actually. I reckon I could wear slippers maybe in sort of July. Okay. No fair. Yeah. I think it's I wouldn't be surprised if it's snowing on the mountains outside Cape Town again. Mm, I think it was snowing on on Table Mountain. Today? Uh yesterday. Yesterday. Yes, yesterday, yesterday, kind of like yesterday was like that dry kind of cold, you know? Yeah. Today it was obviously raining, so when it's like when it's too moist, then you're not going to get rain. Uh, you're not going to get snow. Snow. Because yeah, yeah, it's too, pre- too precipitous. But um, but yeah, I think yesterday was good snowy weather in Cape Town. 
Okay, no, fair enough. Um, let's see. Uh, let's start with the news and let's start with a message from the Toyota Cheetahs. They've confirmed that SA's, the SA rugby franchises or provinces or whatever we want to call them right now are going to be starting contact training next week, pending the completion of their final health checks. And then was it this? No, when did this come out? This no, this one says early next week. Okay, I don't know. Maybe eighth August, Friday, twenty eighth. What happened already? But anyway. Yeah, South Africa's franchise teams will return to full contact training from early next week. And then this message is from Friday, 28th August. Okay. So this week. So today's Monday. Sorry. (laughs) So it's today. (laughs) Today. Officially today. Today, today South African franchise has started contact training. (laughs) If you you listen carefully enough, you can actually hear it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Be quiet. Okay. I hope someone heard it. I heard something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Uh, Yeah. So that. So that's hopefully a step towards Super Rugby Nzanzi, which Phil posted a speculative rumor off Twitter, which I couldn't because I like that. Phil 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 gets news like six hours before anyone else. I don't know how he does it and where he gets it. He's he's key to the matrix. But what I really what I like about Phil is he clearly pulls a tweet, but copies the text of the tweet and never the tweet. Oh yeah. So you can't like go look it up. He used to. Yeah, he so used you, to, can't, you can't find his sources. Yeah, before before I got onto um, Casualty Ward from Draft Rugby, Phil used to like send me the text of like the so and so player, but it was like you know you know how specific those guys are, like it's very detailed. Yeah. And I was like, God, yeah. where, where is this guy getting these gems? Like, you know, Jack Dempsey. <laughs> yeah. Jack Dempsey rolled an ankle. And went to his sister's wedding last weekend, but should be back for the second half next weekend. I was like, God, where's this guy getting this stuff from? And I was like, like trying to do reverse Google searches and like trying to find where the fuck is, like, who is his source? Like, was it on Twitter? Is it on Reddit? And, and when I finally tracked down Casualty Ward, I was like, oh, God, it's a fucking goldmine. And then I, I sent him the link and he was like, yeah. he was like, oh, you, you found it or something. And I was like, yeah, fucker. I think you sent it, yeah, because you also let me know when you found it. Yeah. Because you sent nice me a guy. message. Is this what you guys have all been using? No, you said, is this what you guys have all been using oh, this yeah. whole time? Oh, yeah, because you were using it as well. <laughs> yeah. I was like the last yeah, guy. I also somehow found it found it on my own, just quietly, and I was just like, well, I'll hang on to this. I was like the last guy to the party. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if Adam's even found it yet. <sighs> no, I think he may have. It's fine, he doesn't listen he doesn't to the listen party. To party or... yeah, we're not risking yeah. anything. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, so there, yeah, so what did, uh, tweet from Phil says, word within Cape Rugby circles, double header, carry cup to start first week October, final to be played third week of January, which I did a quick bit of maths, and we know how well maths works on this pod, but that's 16 Saturdays, I didn't count to check where Christmas and things like that fall either though. But from the first First Saturday in October up until 16th of January, 16 Saturdays. Okay, cool. That's so, for seven teams as well. So, But it's also the middle of summer, so I wouldn't, uh, so as I said earlier, and I think Phil sort of backed up, I wouldn't be surprised seeing, like, by weekends for every, like, rest weekends, because it's like peak summer heat in that, in SA. Yeah, but it's not, if you're playing, like, at sort of 7 o'clock at night, it's not too bad. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, seven, because I mean, 16 weeks for seven teams is a bit much. Well, I would assume that's everyone yeah, that, twice. Yeah, so 12 they, they would have blank weekends as well. Yeah, seven teams, you obviously got to play them twice, so 12 weeks. And I guess 12 weeks, a couple of extras. four weeks, yeah, two weeks for finals, and then yeah. another two spares or whatever. Oh, especially, but I mean, yeah, you're doing a double header for the first week, so uh, 12 weeks immediately the, becomes 11 weeks. So, so will Super Rugby and Zanzi happen? Do you reckon? We, I think well, it will, but it might not be. So, our concern is that it might not be under the Super Rugby banner, which would make it. So we're going to see. Mean we, we might not be able to get proper statistics for it for fantasy. Yeah, I think we're going to see a broader, broader carry cup, like a more impressive carry cup than. Because yeah. yeah. Which Instead of super rugby, it, it, it does seem it does seem logical just to have a have a beefed up curry cup instead of a. Yeah. I guess I mean with the timing. I mean, if we can do both. Well, also, yeah, no, 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 but then, but then if you tie this because the Kings said they're not playing any rugby until. Oh yeah, but the Kings aren't in curry cup or aren't in curry cup first uh, curry cup yeah. Premier Division or whatever it's called. Yeah, so it's. So there's seven teams apparently that are going to take part. Yeah, so it's the four Super Rugby, Cheetahs, Griquas. Griquas. Pumas. Who's the wild? Pumas, yeah. Pumas are the last one. And that's the standard seven from Curry Cup. I wouldn't. I would like them to spread it out more. Just play everyone once and like double the amount of teams. Put in this the weak sides, the smaller sides as well. Oh, I don't know, like. If, I mean, if you include Springboks, it just becomes a bit over, like a bit embarrassed. Yeah, like it's the same kind of thing that I've been kind of complaining about with the uh, Western Force in um, but, Super Rugby AU. But there is going to be overlap with this competition and uh, Rugby Champs, isn't it? Well, yeah. If we send guys to Rugby Champs, yeah. So this I think is a nice one to segue into. Um, so. Let's see. Where should we start? Because there's like three stories that or two stories that overlap. Um, firstly, JFR. Oh, J. Start with the second one. Okay, sure. I don't know what you're looking um, <laughs> <laughs> So, second one. Okay. So, Samsa deny reports that Springboks have, are in advanced discussions to play in the European tournament. This is off the back of Japan saying they can't play in the earlier proposed eight-team. European tournament, which was six nations plus Fiji plus Japan. So there's a gap there. Everyone immediately said, oh, what about South Africa? South Africa kept suspiciously quiet, not denying it. Sanzar's had to deny it now because this tournament happens at the same time, by the looks of it, as rugby championships would. Ooh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's but everything. But that's they, they've signed stuff they've committed to rugby championship that's the thing so rugby championship hasn't been fully formalized yet they, yeah. they know it's going to be in Austra- uh, New Zealand possibly Western Australia as a backup they don't actually know what dates or anything of that just yet so it's as in up in the air as this a tournament a team tournament is as well so I think, I think that's probably why like they aren't really saying anything because yeah. like they don't want to r- rule anything out, and they're actually kind of relying on on um, like Sansa to kind of make a move. 
Yeah. You know, so like once they get clarity around the rugby championship, then they'll like they'll still have their options open. Essentially, I think is what they want. Yeah, I assume it's the same with like with everything with COVID, with like events companies and bands and that. So if a band, if the event company cancels, then you've got to refund everyone's tickets. So there was like this weird chicken, like whether they're going to cancel an event or just no one's going to pitch. Mm. And I think it's sort of the opposite of this, that they sort of just pretend like it's going on, going on until that actually becomes unfeasible. But, but the thing is, COVID is it's force majeure, so it does void pretty much all contracts. So yeah, yeah. but if you enter into a contract Which now, is, then obviously yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, yeah. If you enter into a contract now, then obviously yeah, so yeah. So if, that's what because like if we were to jump now and um you know come up with a a deal to enter Six Nations or something. And then there's a second wave in South Africa, which would make us yeah, like no longer. And then we pull out, yeah. Then that would probably not be protected by force majeure. Yeah. So that's why you got to be super careful now, because you still have pretty much the same amount of risk, just without the protection. Yeah. So you've got to kind of just hedge your bet and pretend like everything's fine right up until the last yeah, second. Exactly. Well, as long as you can, and that's what I think they're doing. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. And then, oh, speaking of the Curry Cup and all that, and heading north, SA Rugby seems to have confirmed to the unions that the four franchises, that only four franchises, would be economically viable in Pro 16. And as it stands, they're pretty much only five right now, seeing as the King Kings Kings are cancelled rugby altogether and. Cancel culture yeah. with the Kings. Yeah, oh, fuck. So Can't sorry. even believe it. Uh, yeah. Did we ever talk about that last part? I forgot, man. Did we? I don't think we did. Shit, we should maybe bring that up now. So let's do that quickly. <laughs> Organically. Let's no, I'm not sure maybe. I think it happened on the Tuesday that we recorded. Yeah, on it came in, in yeah, it's one of those ones that came up like classic Tuesday. Every fucking time. Oh, oh, when you guys are yeah, done, so, I've, I've got a, a... Someone tweeted something interesting on the Curry Cup topic that I can bring into the conversation okay so well, yeah. it, was, it was just a suggestion it was from uh ivan hen or ivan hen um which was basically a like how to layer curry cup together with pro 14 and basically mm-hmm. i'm just going to read from his post uh are two curry cup divisions yeah. with eight teams in each division curry cup runs from may to august every year um, each team plays home and away against all other teams in their division so it's um 14 games the first place at the end of the regular season automatically qualifies for the final, plays at home, and then second and third place play each other for the other spot in the finals. The top three go through the playoffs, basically. The eighth team gets automatically okay. automatically relegated to the second division, and the first place in Division 2 gets automatic promotion. Then seventh place goes into promotion relegation playoff against the team who wins the promotion in playoff in Curry Cup Division 2. And that... Uh, would take place between second and third place in Division 2. Um, so, in other words, the second and third team from D- Division 2 play each other, and the winner then plays the seventh team from Division 1, and the winner gets to play in Division 1. And then the top two teams that play in the final of the Curry Cup, irrespective of who wins, both qualify for the Pro 14. And that way we keep it as the Pro 14. We don't have to expand to Pro 16, 
and then we try and push for mm. inclusion in the in the championship in the European Championship or the European Challenge Cup. I'm not sure. But yeah. It's a bit it's it's a bit um I, I like that curry cup format. I yeah, think, the curry cup format I, I, like I think I think relegation is a very important part of all leagues. Yeah. And I do think it allows teams to be passengers. And just really not pull their weight in terms of the tournament if you don't have relegation because there's no, you know, there's no punishment for yeah, being shit. Exactly. But um, I don't agree with because we we acting like now that Pro 14 is a quick little kind of Champions League thing, but it's not. Pro 14 is another whatever it is, yeah, 14 games or whatever. So yeah, it's yeah. not like you know, like, hey, well done, you made it into Pro 14, I'll quickly go bang that out. It's not, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's it's like a full a commitment. commitment. And it's, yeah, and it's the yeah, kind Pro of thing... Is... It's the kind of thing you need to, you need to plan for. Yeah, for sure. And you're probably not going to... Because that would put these guys on close to 25 games a year, which I think is too much. If you're saying these teams are going to have spring box as well, potentially, you could have these Oaks playing like 30 games of rugby a year, which is, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Pro uh, 14. I think, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely one, one big problem with it. Um, but I think the other one is, is like the risk. So if, if you are, let's say you're the Bulls, Sharks, Stormers, Lions, right? One of the big four franchises. If you don't make that top two, because obviously half of you are not going to make the top two. What's your plan for the rest yeah. of the year? Because now Curry Cup's off the table. Um, there's no Super Rugby. You're not playing Pro 14. But now you've got, you know, guys like Sia Khaleesi, Stephen Kitsoff on your books. Yeah, you're paying these, paying these big money to play you know, no what, rugby. What you, the, the thing is, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to send them to Japan. That would or be the idea. Like... But, but, like, what if, I mean, you can't send them to Japan. And, like... You maybe maybe re- you're going to see contracts then renegotiated to include match fees as well. But I mean, that's, sol- that's a solid plan. Heavy like if, you're, if you're Stephen Kutsov and Stormers come third, now you're not playing Pro 14, it's very easy to pick up the phone yeah. and call your, like, call your agent and say, hook me up in Japan. Japan Japanese teams are going to be like, fuck yeah, give us a spicy plum. Well, yeah. or, you, or you could even go to Pro 14 teams and say, hey, listen, uh, whatever, Munster, you, you, guys fancy, you guys fancy a dominant prop. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. You could you. probably sort something out, but, but like, that's good for the player, but is it good for Western Province? Not really. Like, they, what do they get out of the deal? No. So, yeah, but what do they get out of Stephen Kitchoff sitting on his ass for six months? Nothing. That's my point, is that what these teams want is time on the field. Like, they need minutes in competition. That's what they're selling to their sponsors. Yeah. Because if you if you're going to renegotiate a deal with DHL or, or Vodacom or whoever, your pitch to them is we've got a team that sees Super Sport one prime prime time x number of times a yeah. year, yeah. plus playoffs or whatever. Times or whatever you know? yeah. yeah, twenty times. We got we got Super Rugby, we've got Curry Cup, we've got Vodacom Cup. Like this is how many minutes we can guarantee that the DHL brand or whatever will be on Super Sport one with x number of people watching. Like that's your whole pitch. So if you now like you're not t- going to going to those teams and telling them to gamble away their chance at minutes on the pitch because it's not even like we're talking about oh maybe we won't make the playoffs and then we won't make semi-final we won't make final sorry sponsors that's two extra games that didn't get out of us we're talking about a whole tournament like Pro 14 like missing out on a whole tournament is a massive deal especially mm, if there's nothing like if there's nothing below it and that's that's where my kind of question I guess comes in is we need something other than Pro 14 beneath Pro 14 
or like sorry, not preferably, uh, like the champions, the champions cup or whatever. We need something below that, which our lesser teams mm-hmm. can still participate in. Yeah, but but this is but this is sort of my logic as well. Like that, we we say oh our, our lesser teams, the teams coming third, fourth, fifth, whatever. By Pro 14 standards, those aren't lesser teams. Like the cheaters are competitive at Pro 14, huh? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More or less. I mean, they're not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, no, they're, they're, like, they're, they're, they're mid-table. Let's, yeah. They're not winning it, but mid-table. they're mid-table. Yeah. That's, that's okay, right, but. Yeah. Out of the, out of the big five, the cheaters are the worst by quite a distance. Well, I don't know if that's true anymore. It's hard to tell. Yeah, I guess. Actually, well, the lines, actually, especially, I especially, the lines might be especially the with their line, especially with the rumors that they got lined up at hooker. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm joking. That's a stupid piece of um, fluff. <laughs> yeah. No. No. But um. But but I mean, okay. Yeah, say so the gap between point, though, yeah. the gap between the sharks and the cheaters is huge. Yeah. So so even so say if the cheaters are coming seventh in Pro 14, and we suggesting they should play in Pro 14 B or whatever, like that's that's not realistic. Like they just got to completely walk that competition. It's mm. going to be a joke. No, but I don't I don't think it should be Pro 14 B. I think it should be the equivalent of Europa League to Champions League. So I'm talking about the Heineken Cup. So like the top teams from Pro 14 and Premiership and and top 14 or whatever, all meet each other in, not what it's called, it's called the Champions League or Champions Cup or whatever, right? Wow. Well, um, yeah. And that's what um, that's what we need to be aiming for, because I see that as the equivalent of the super, of Super Rugby. And the Premier, yeah, Sh- I the would, Premier League is the equivalent of um, Curry I, Cup. I, 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 would, I wouldn't mind if it was the same, that Curry Cup uh, 14 game thing, and the top two teams went straight into Champions Cup. Yeah, that would be cool. But that... That would then be elevating our domestic league to the equivalent of the Pro 14 or the yeah, Premiership, whatever, which it clearly isn't. Cause well, I would, I would, argue, I would argue. Oh, actually, no. There's so much money in the Premiership. But I mean, if you the think thing of, is, like, if, the, at the top, if the, the, top if the teams... Premiership was only English players, hmm. my, my no, thing I is, like, the, our, our top teams in the Curry Cup could obviously challenge any top teams, right? I don't think they, they don't have the star powers of the big French teams and big English teams. No, 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 no but in terms of if you look at the Premiership, there's a oh, South top, African top, team yeah, yeah, sitting second. The thing is, I don't, I, don't associate, I don't associate the Curry Cup with Springboks anymore. That's the... No, if you see, that's the thing. In this scenario, we'd have to, because there'd be nowhere else for, it, yeah. for them to play. It would either be giving up all Springboks to go and play overseas, or we'd be keeping them for Curry Cup purposes. Which at, yeah. at that point maybe we we would need to start considering central contracting a bit more seriously because otherwise you just mm-hmm. have four franchises super loaded with Springboks and then going up against like Rickwas and Pumas. But I, I, but I think if it became the norm, if the 18 Curry Cup became the the whatever the 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 top level you can play in South Africa, naturally I think. The Springboks are starting to spread out a bit more. I still think because even even if you look at some, if you look at the Premiership, a bulk of the English players are concentrated in a few clubs. Obviously, they are sort of spread. You know, each team seems to have one or two, but then like somewhere like Saracens, they had like seven or eight. Yeah, but so I think that's because that, they were that's because they were chipping the books. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. But that but it is that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It, it is a financial question because. In the UK, they have salary caps, 
and they have all sorts of controls over you know player salaries etc to the point where you would expect if every if everyone was playing by the rules which we now know they weren't um you wouldn't be able to have that concentration of english players at a club for exactly that reason um but you know and then a club would would go to someone like uh Maritoja and say well look we have to choose between you and and um owen farrell and we need a flower more than we need a a lock, so you know we're choosing him, and he'd then go to Newcastle. Well, uh, you you mean a blindside flank who plays lock? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a beefed up outside centre. Yeah, but um, you know what I mean. Whereas whereas in South Africa, like we currently don't necessarily have the same degree of control. I'm I'm talking out of my ass a little bit because I actually don't know very much about our our restrictions. Yeah, I don't here. know. I don't know if I don't know if we are salary cap. I don't know. At, but, at like super angry level. But but in terms of so we. But in terms of finance, there was a proposed. As bad as, as bad as West Province is, sorry guys, as bad as West Province is, with like managing their finances, you're still going to get a better salary there than you'll get at, mm. you know, Pumas or Greenwoods. Well, the, the, the Kings, at least your salary will come. Well, yeah. yeah, at least you get a salary. So that well, that's, actually, that's well, what's kind of restricting where the Springboks end up more than anything else, and then that's why you see guys like Billy Larue moving from Greenwoods to Cheetahs to who did he end up with the Sharks? Um. You know what I mean? Like those those players, if they're making if Springbok level players, they're never going to stay at at like a secondary franchise for very long in South Africa, simply because we don't have enough money in rugby for yeah, us to reach that kind of. It, it, it comes down to it. Like yeah. you can even even when you compare sort of earning power in the relative countries and stuff, you just don't get paid enough for playing rugby in South Africa. No, exactly. So, so yeah, until until they can sort that out, and you and you'll like, never be able to sort that out if you're stepping down from Super Rugby minutes and broadcast deals just to carry cup, and this is where it gets yeah. really complicated. I mean, we can theory craft you know our ideal structure for the competitions for days on end. I mean, that's essentially what we do here, but the reality is that we need something that's financially viable for the unions, um, and that's where the conversation about Pro 16 comes in because that's pretty much the only deal that's on the horizon right now that guarantees you know, reasonable minutes on the field and on Supersport 1 and foreign channels that teams can take to their sponsors in exchange for, for investment. And without that, we're just going to keep in this, this nosedive, this financial nosedive that we're finding ourselves in. Guys, huge news. Phil has just said to tweet... What? I know. I saw it. Twelve um, minutes ago, it's intense. Yeah, I've got. I've opened the link even that he sent. So, keynotes local rugby to start 26th September with Super Euro Day, first round of Super Rugby slash Curry Cup between October the 10th to January the 16th, with two matches to be played on Boxing Day and 2nd of Jan. Also, I found his source, Ben. Is it the one he posted? No, um, <laughs> yeah. So I searched his source and it's Mark Keown. Uh, Mark Keo. Uh, Keo, yeah. Keohan or whatever. Keohan. Oh, yeah. I think, I, 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 think I, I think that, yeah, I don't like him. I'm, I'm blocked by him on Twitter, which explains why I didn't get this news. <laughs> <laughs> this tracks. I mean, I would also like to look to be blocked by him, I think, is better than being a. I've, Realize I don't even follow him. That's why I also never saw it. Okay, there you go. I, I'm, I'm always, I'm constantly surprised when his name comes up because I always forget that he's even a thing anymore. 
Yeah. So yeah. So that's update on SA Rugby. Yeah. So it should be interesting. So they don't they don't say where Superheroes Day is going to be held. No, it doesn't. Let let me see if the articles goes a bit more in depth. Superhero. End of September set. No. Okay. They don't say. Mm. Fingers crossed for Cape Town Stadium. Oh, fingers crossed for Nelson Mandela Bay. But I'm still. It'll be an interesting one. Seeing sing as so they're not playing there. I'm just reading it now. So it proceeds Saifka's version of Super Rugby slash Curry Cup. Yeah. I, by the looks of it, they haven't yeah, decided what the right They haven't decided what it's going to be. Yes. What? Yeah. What this tournament actually is. But I mean, do they say if they've got if they've got like fixtures and schedules, then surely they know how many teams. It should be seven, as far as we understand. And then it can't be Super Rugby and Zanzi. Because it's using non-Super Rugby franchises. Well, well they're no, two Super, Super Rugby, Rugby AU with the four, so... Yeah, but I mean, there's no just putting in one team to make it an even five. I don't an know. Even five. Yeah, what, I suppose we could have snuck in the cheaters to make it an even five and called it a day for Super Rugby and Zanzi. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever. Rugby's rugby. I'm... Oh, yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, um, end of this month, guys. Cool. Actually, yes, end of this month. <laughs> as this will go out. <laughs> yeah. As you're listening to it, this will go out first of September. We're recording in August still. <laughs> We're still recording cool. last month. Yeah. So uh, that's so. SA Rugby is looking interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it'll be good though. Like I think a lot of focus will shift to that, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Have we, have we how we at, do? Have we spoken at all about like who the real losers are in all of this? No, I don't think we've being, done like a sort of odd, breakdown odd on all of it. Oh god! So they, apparently, they're also, getting the most screwed, surely. Yeah, because they've all their players. Well, they told their players to actually jump ship out of yeah. Super Rugby because. They saw the writing on the wall about Super Rugby fucking early because, like, the second lockdown happened, they were like, okay, guys, go get new contracts. Yeah. There isn't going to be Super Rugby. Like, we're not going to be in Super Rugby anymore. Which is probably quite a good little thing for them because I guess their players then got in the door early. Creepy scored his first try for London Irish today. That's pretty quick to get on the board, eh? (laughs) For hooker. Yeah, proud of him. Proud of him. Yeah. It's so always good to see your fledgling, your fledgling players, players to go off like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. because yeah, that... Yeah. But yeah, I think I saw something t- tweeting something about... Uh, what the ARU, hey? Argentinian Rugby Union. Mm. Yeah. Them saying something about them... they one of the only first, uh, first division nations that didn't, like, sort of hit up World Rugby for cash now during the during the sort of break period as well, and but now they seem to be struggling. There's something shit impending on their side. I can't remember. It was a Spanish tweet. I translated it quickly, and, and I don't think I got everything. It was like a Spanish tweet on like a Spanish article. Yeah, but without the Jaguares, Argentina don't exactly have massive overheads. Know, yeah, they? well, that's the thing, though. Jaguars, I mean, because they, like don't, they, have they like still a, exist. They don't have like a, but they don't have like a properly professional local league. 
Well, they've got that's that. There is that Superliga, which I think Argentina has a team in now. I can't remember. Yeah, there was they, like a. They, there's that Central Southern America. Yeah, well, they they played, uh, and they played like the B team and that. I think the Pampas or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I don't, I don't. To be honest, yeah, like it's a bit. I don't really like bailout culture, but I understand it is necessary at times. Yeah, but like, yeah, like, I think everyone else they should really question that. Do you think all the countries that ask for money actually needed it, or do you think they were just like, oh shit, let's just in case it's put our hands in the cookie jar and hope for the best? Yeah, Yeah. I think that's often the way it goes, and like particularly because there becomes an element of like relative deprivation where. If you were like the, you know, thirteenth worst country, country, and like the bottom twelve all got handouts, then suddenly you might be the worst off country because you didn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, but I also like how how world rugby suddenly has money to give to people, but like Namibia, Kenya, Georgia, nah, not not you guys. You guys, no, well, we've had no money. We've had no money for the past fifteen years. Oh, oh COVID hits. Oh, yeah, New Zealand, England have some money. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, Georgia's been passed up for that Eight Nations tournament twice now, technically. Cause well, maybe only... now Japan says they can't do it. Maybe Georgia will step in. Well, I mean, everyone immediately is like, "Oh, please, South Africa can play, not Georgia." <laughs> Georgia. Am I Georgia's just standing there. Yeah, George is like standing there just flexing dominantly front dominant front rows at everyone. Yeah, with like tears trickling down on their cheeks. Yeah, but but I think maybe maybe it's too close to home. Like maybe they don't want to let Georgia play just in case Georgia rolls Italy. Yeah. And, and just Scotland rolls like because that eight and, nation tournament would be split in two tables, so Georgia would be playing against some shit sides. Yeah, well, imagine imagine they say, oh, Georgia come, Georgia beats Scotland, Georgia beats Italy, and Georgia beats, who was the seventh nation? USA, no? Um, Fiji. Fiji. And Georgia beats Fiji. And then Which they, they like, have? Yeah, they have. Like, at least if it was us, Georgia. then they'd be like, oh, well, you know, world champs, what are you going to do? But if they get embarrassed yeah. by, by Georgia, then it's a problem. Yeah. That's the thing, like, maybe we shouldn't play it because maybe we should just refuse to play international rugby for the next, like, <laughs> yeah, three could, years. Yeah, while you're on top, <laughs> just, just delegitimize you like, thing. Yeah, just, just like, oh, yeah, so it's fine. You guys, like, whatever, Wales, you won eight nations, but the Springboks weren't playing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Every future so like New you... Zealand, you, you won the rugby championship. Well done. <laughs> Springboks weren't playing, though, hey? The world champions weren't there. Interesting. Yeah. And then just like have us just spend the whole time doing like a super program, waiting for the next World Cup, and then show up with the next World Cup again, and then just like re- retreat once again behind our mm. our Burvos wall. Yeah, and just 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 constantly just show images of Jesse Creel on a bike, <laughs> on the the stationary bike. Jesse Creel just, just go. Just getting fit. <laughs> Fitter. No. Okay. What's next? What? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Little quick one. I think unlike Jesse Creel on a stationary bike, we have stalled somewhat. Uh, well, I mean, also a little quick one. I don't think that describes Jesse Creel. But I, don't know, I was mentioned this earlier with you, Alex. Where's the fuck is this man's name again? So Ian Mc McGeehan or whatever. Geechan. Some 
McGeechan, 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 same thing. It sounds Scottish as fuck. Um, he says it's maybe not a good idea for Gatlin to appoint Scott Robertson as one of his assistant coaches. He cites that essentially the premiership ends like a week before the Lions tour and what they should value is coaches who know the Northern Hemisphere players intimately over the knowledge that Scott Robertson would bring of the Springboks onto it. So to rather try and make the squad as cohesive and gel as well as possible rather than bringing inside knowledge of what Springboks are like. That's yeah. what his emphasis was. I don't know, I just thought I'd throw that in there. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if Scott Robinson has necessarily the inside track on the Springboks because the Super Rugby teams play very differently to the Springboks. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he's surely, I mean, he's got a dossier, I imagine, on like pretty much every Super Rugby team. And you've got to see that there's like a degree of individual analysis that goes into it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So like he can yeah, probably yeah. tell you like Sia Khaleesi's strengths and weaknesses. And, like, he's probably done analysis on, like, you know, line-out calls and stuff like that. And, like, I, I think that there's an element of truth to it. you got to start somewhere. Um, and, I mean, if you if you were to hire him for the job, you would say to him, okay, Scott, take your knowledge of individual players, now do some homework on, on the Springbok matches and produce, like, match reports that analyze, you know, take it to the next level, show that you can analyze at that level as well. And, like, I understand what McGeech is saying about, um, you know, you'd rather have people who, like, who who know the, their own squad, but presumably they're going to have people who do that, right? Like, that's not going to be no, a scarce skill of the coaching both. staff. Like, you want someone who's going to bring something a little bit different. And, like, the knowledge that, in, that Scott Robinson has is knowledge that, like, no one else from the North has. So, like, why not double up? Like, why risk? Yeah. I don't know. It just that just seems like a really stupid and, reason to me. Um, and Gatlin has proven he has fuck all knowledge of the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, it, it seems maybe yeah, maybe that's what they're kind of saying is that like you know, why would they want like they don't need a super rugby coach assistant coach when they've got a super rugby level um, head coach. But I don't know. I mean, I think we all know that Scott Robinson would bring a little bit more than. If, if I if I was Gatland, I wouldn't I wouldn't take Scott Robinson for because they say they do take Scott Robinson and they roll the Springboks three zero. Who do you think is going to get the praise? Yeah, I, Gatland I, obviously. I, if I was him, I'd be worried about like letting Scott Robinson into the back of house of uh, just of a Warren Gatland mm. coaching staff because that's going to reflect presumably in how he approaches. Chiefs games in the future. Scott Robinson, I mean. Yeah. Mm. So, like, you're kind of giving away your own secrets. Um, it's, I think we should try and get Scott Robinson to come help the Springboks. Ah, that's what I think. I think, like, if they don't want him, we should fucking take him. Um, Every if time he wants, Scott if he wants Robinson to be gets involved denied in for the, a job, I think... If he wants to be involved... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Every time, every time someone passes on him, I'm like, uh... Can, can, can we have him? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Even Scott Robinson to coach the Kings next season. <laughs> but um, no, like for real, like if he wants to be involved in a in a, a Lions tour, there are two sides to that coin. You know, mm. um, I think we should 100% reach out to him and just give him like an, the Eddie Jones role from 2007 kind of thing. 
you know, just like analyst or whatever they call it. Um, Honestly, I'm still hoping he somehow gets a Springbok coach. Well, I mean, that I also think that we should be pursuing seriously. I mean, I know we joke about it, but like, I, I 100% think that Rassi should be considering him as the next Springbok coach. I don't, I don't usually kind of punt for, you know, foreign coaches, but I think that Scott Robinson's, like, resume is just impossible to ignore. Do you think, do you think Rassi saw that news from Gatlin and hit up Scott, like, look, if you want to coach for the Lions too, I can offer you the other side of the coin. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I would do. I don't think you Immediately will. just offering that sweet to, no, I think, yeah, it'd be interesting to see that. I, I don't. Yeah. I can't see. I can't see it happening. Because I also think he probably went public with it to put a bit of pressure on Gatlin. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think so, but I don't think. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But honestly, if Gatlin does even, I wouldn't even wait. I would. Just, if I was Rossi, I'd pick up the phone right now and get hold of him. Yeah. Rossi, are you listening? Rossi, we know you listen. No, well, we've proven Rossi. Listen, Rossi used to listen. I don't know if he still does. Yeah, well, Rassi, well, we don't know. Rassi hasn't been in the limelight lately. Yeah, he's, he's too busy prepping for his press tour for Chasing the Sun or whatever that documentary is called coming out next month. This month. Maybe we maybe we should tweet him since he's on Twitter now. Yeah. No, but he's shifted to, he shifted to Instagram because he can post longer videos there. Classic Rassi. Oh. All about performance. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about efficiency. Yeah. I'll, I'll send that um, tweet. I think one last piece of news that I forgot that I actually want to bring up. Uh, so, Wednesday, there is apparently a fight between Elton Yankees and Cornell Hendricks set up. Remember this have tweet. We, have we gotten clarity on like what the actual... No, there's been nothing more about this. This is why I thought I'd bring it up now, because it's, there's been nothing further. It's just the okay. only clarification we have is that it's an octagon. Okay. But if it's an octagon, it's, it's an octagon. So it's not boxing, definitely. Okay. So and there's a tagline: "There will be blood." It's in an octagon, and apparently, according to their respective uh, franchise websites, Cornell Hendricks weighs 95 kgs, has 1.88 meters, and Alton is 1.77 meters, so already losing the reach game, and is only 88 kilos big. Okay, but it doesn't matter because they're actually gonna. It's a dog fight. It's Alter's Pitbull versus Cornell Hendricks, uh, Rhodesian <laughs> But look, I still think it's going to be a fucking online UFC match or whatever. Like, uh, no, it'll yeah. be like a PlayStation game or whatever. Yeah, UFC 4. I think UFC 4 has either oh, just God. launched or is That's about to launch. Surely, like, people will be like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, it'll be it'll be weird. Like, so what they got to do? Unless they, maybe it's like a VR sort of type vibe. I don't know, because, yeah, that's live Wednesday So Wednesday like, night. See that? I, don't Wednesday care night. If, I don't care if Cornell Hendricks is better than Alton at, like, some crappy VR wrestling game. Who cares about that? Like, there are no, actual no, pro, pro gamers who play computer games that I would be happy to watch compete and stuff like that. Just like I wouldn't want to watch them play rugby. Yo, I think that would be quite amusing at some level, but... This is going to be um, such a bad fuck-up, that's why I've brought it up, and it's going to be interest, interesting to just laugh at this. Not what's going to, what it is is going to be interesting, but the, the fallout is... But imagine it is actually just a boxing match, and they just, you know, the franchise is like, oh, no. you know, like, a, like yeah, two, weeks before, two weeks before we start contact training, 
No, 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 Ben, this is the day after they start contact training. Oh, we said contact training is going to start this week. We don't know. This week doesn't mean Monday, man. Oh, true. This is Tuesday, Wednesday night. This is Wednesday night. Maybe maybe it's the symbolic start of contract training, having Cordell Hendricks smack Alton Yonchis a few times in the face. Fuck, I am. So it's going to be on Facebook, and I might just try and open, just out of morbid curiosity, see what it is. Um, yeah, well, tell me, because I'm not going to do it. Well, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's after your bedtime. It's 7 o'clock SA time. Well, it's after my bedtime as well. Yeah, true. Alex, every time you, you talk about your bedtime, it just gets earlier and earlier. That's <laughs> because <laughs> I'm still tired. Soon, like, no matter how early I go to bed, I still wake up tired. The next day, I'm like, got to go to bed earlier. Uh, maybe a full holiday so, or something. So essentially, we're keeping Alex up for this podcast recording then. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly um, what you at this rate, so Alex, Sorry. can you confirm? Does Daniel have a later bedtime than you right now? Well, I mean, it ends up that way because he wakes up after I've gone to bed. No fair. Um, feels like it at the moment. Yeah. He had a, he had an hour and a half nap yesterday. No, so just yeah, it was just over an hour. Uh, it was like an hour and a half, and that's the first time we've ever gotten him to sleep for longer than like forty minutes, basically. Oh shit. By ourselves, the, the nanny sometimes can get him to sleep like up to two hours, but she's only ever done it like two or three times. But yesterday, but I she just like, put him like in a straight like. I have no clutch. idea. We have no idea what she does, but like she yesterday... just puts her kid in like a headlock and just puts <laughs> yeah, him down. Gives him the sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> go to sleep. 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 Is it like half a bottle of brandy or whatever? Like? I don't know. I haven't checked the, the liquor cabinet. Maybe, but uh... she's just sitting there with the. But yeah, it was a miracle yesterday. It was so good. We didn't know what to do. We just collapsed on the couch and watched uh, Jersey Boys. No, but but I, I find the problem is like when James was like that, it's it's still like a gun to your head though because you're like, I don't want to commit to anything yeah. because he's got to wake up. No, it's definitely not wake enough up. time. Yeah. yeah. And and then, then after like he has like a three hour nap or whatever, and you like in, in hindsight, that little like, fucker. Like yeah. I could have got so much done, but <laughs> exactly. no, like I was just waiting for him to wake up. <laughs> Yeah. I can see Ben standing uh, like over the cot for like three hours, just like ready in a pose. Like, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Any second now. <laughs> no, it's it's good now because he he walks, so he just after his nap he just comes and finds you. Yeah, that's good. So, and then does he still bring chips or not anymore? No, he does. He he likes it uh, when like we all walk sitting around like having snacks before lunch or dinner or whatever, and he'll bring he'll like bring everyone around the table a chip unless he doesn't like you oh. <laughs> and then um, oh, oh. my my, my sister in law has a very pretty friend and James brings her like 10 chips before <laughs> anyone else gets a single classic chip. James <laughs> what, a, uh, what a little player yeah so, nice. so he, just, he, just, he just lays it down eh? yeah Nice. Yeah. He knows. He knows how to do it. You know, buy them over with chips. Yeah, you got to. It's 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 step one of the de- of the dentist system. You got to demonstrate your value. Yeah, you demonstrate. <laughs> what, what's what's step two like? Ex- uh, emotionally exploit or something? No, no, no that comes later. Um, fuck, I'm trying to remember. So D demonstrate value. Uh, E is establish. It's establish. Well, oh no no no. Okay. Uh, hang on. Demonstrate value. Engage physically. Yeah. Um, so that's where you have sex, basically. That's step two. Then N, the first N is you. I thought it was yeah. It's not established. It's, n- uh, it's like nurture. 
nurtured dependence, nurtured dependence. dependence that they're dependent on you so like, that's where he that's where he like he pretends to be like a stalker um and like threat gives him like leaves him like death death threats or something until they're like they're forced to rely on him for protection and then once once mm. they're dependent on you then you neglect them that's the second end so neglect demonstrate emotionally. value yeah demonstrate value engage physically nurture dependence then neglect them um and then i is I can't remember what it I've stands got it open for. in front of me. Oh, okay. What I've is got it? it open. Inspire hope. Yeah. So that's then when you like do the return and you're like, I'm sorry, I was such an asshole. I was sorry, sorry, I neglected mm-hmm. you. Like you and I are meant for each other. You know, and then they'll come back to you and open with open arms, and then you have sex again, and then you disappear, and then S is separate entirely. <laughs> Yeah. So there you go. Full stop. They're like they've all got explanations except separate entirely. Just separate <laughs> entirely. Separate Full entirely. Stop. Full stop. So there you go. Baby James is already on on uh, demonstration he's on value. Step one. And if he if he no, I reckon he's... if she if she gets if she thanks him by like picking him up or like holding his hand or something, then he's engaging physically. Yeah, I was gonna say he's like at least on step two by the sounds of it. Yeah, maybe. And, it, and then no, if, no, if, like, she, if she tries to get, like, her own chips and it turns out that he's, like, locked the kitchen or something, then he's nurtured dependence. Definitely graduate. Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> graduated to step three. <laughs> when he just wanders off to go play with his tortoise or whatever, yeah. he, you're neglecting. That's her. neglecting them. Yeah, you know, reappear with another chip like and then chuck off to bed. Like, yo, he's got it. Yeah. And then, he, and then suddenly he just disappears. Separates entirely. Changes, goes, changes the locks. Goes to the off house. to goes, <laughs> <laughs> goes off to he does, school. He, he does have a he does have a little plastic screwdriver, but he has no time for that. He makes me take out my toolbox so he can play with my proper screwdriver and try scratch the wooden floor. That's <laughs> okay. one of his passions as well. Does that make dad angry? Just just fuck yeah. up your varnish job. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I've got some wax, so I'll just buff nice. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um, with that little segue, let's move on to Super Rugby Australia Union. Two games happened this weekend. First one was Brumby's Force, which actually wasn't terrible. The Force actually, I kind of like how they played a bit. And it wasn't the blowout everyone expected. It was only yeah, 31-14. I, I, I was honestly expecting like 80 points. I think I said 30 yeah. on Super Brew. Like a 30-point difference. Yeah, that yeah, tracks. I wasn't expecting too much. Like, the Brummies, they... I don't know, they... they they're not, like, the kind of team yeah, that's going to put 50 on you. Like, they don't yeah, really... I, I, guess we, I guess we kind of pretending the Brummies are the Saders, yeah. yeah it's not just <clears> that, like... It's also the... Like, they are, because they are a dominant team, but it's, like, their dominance isn't reflected in stuff like beating teams by 50 points. It's reflected in just, like... Brummies are, like... Dominant Stormers used to be. Like, yeah, it's exactly like the Stormers would like would win pretty much win, every but game. You'd but win. Like, they'd never beat like they never really beat like anyone. But seven points. Yeah. Well, it's sort of. I, I was thinking about the the like 2007 World Cup. Okay. And how you know we only just won the final. Hey, it was yeah. whatever 15, 15, mm. nine or 15, 12 or whatever yeah. it was. But at no point did you feel like we were going to lose that game. No. Fuck, I can't even same, remember. Uh, well, it's I mean, maybe when, like, when Matthew Tate got close. Maybe I was a bit nervous. I hear Matthew Tate thought he thinks he was in. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> 
Have, have um, we had this conversation, or did we do this on WhatsApp? Where I was saying, like, Matthew Tate is literally did, the last did we person who's opinion on the pod? take on that. <laughs> you are <laughs> You were angry about this. Well, like, it's just, like, not even just from, like, a credibility point of view, but, like, just logically, like, he's the last person who has any idea where his foot was. Yeah. Like, there's just no way for him to, to have any kind of credibility around whether his foot was in or out. <laughs> like, he can't, he can't yeah. pretend to be an expert on that. <laughs> yeah, it really like, pisses me off. <laughs> but he's attached to them. He's got two of them. He's an he's an expert in knowing where Matthew Tate's feet are right now. I don't even know right where now. my foot is right now. Like <laughs> it's under the table somewhere. But like it's I couldn't tell your, you if it's, it's on your, or next it's, to a certain thing. It's in your slipper. It is. Yeah. Ooh, Ben. Ben's been listening to earlier versions of our earlier parts of our podcast. Clearly, <laughs> that you weren't even on. I'm proud of you, Ben. I think oh, Ben no, just knows that I came on. You asked me about slippers. Actually, I know Alex. There's no lab skin slippers of Alex. Like, yeah, exactly. This is the same yeah. ones I was saying earlier. I've had them for like 10 years. Well, I've had them since school, yeah, which was well, more than 10 years ago. So there you go. That's your iconic... I'm surprised you did. I'm sure at some point you, you walked to my flat in those. I did that many times, yes. <laughs> yeah, because I was like... I'm like, I, I definitely have memories of Alex's little yeah. slippered feet. Propped up in my flat, and I couldn't yeah, imagine hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. My, my, size Kevin, them. Like, they're not little. Came in with like sneakers, like Ben, like sneakers, and just like carried the slippers, kicked them off. <laughs> yo, yo, I did not like Alex is, Alex is not the kind of person to come in shoes carrying his slippers or like come with a little bag. Hey, Ben, I brought some chips and my slippers, obviously. Like. <laughs> For later. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm no, no. He didn't bring the chips. He brought, he brought the slippers, no chips. And let's be serious, Ben. Yeah. Anyway, just, just just to be clear, my feet aren't small. I don't know why I'm having like a Donald Trump syndrome about it, but uh, Ben said my little slippered feet, and I, that that just struck a chord with me. Okay, can, you confirm, can you drink a glass of water with only one foot, or do you have to hold it with both feet because you're weak and have small feet? <laughs> Not familiar with this unit of measurement. <laughs> don't you remember that? That was like a huge thing. Like I think. Just before COVID, he drank water with a glass of water with like two hands, and like at his next rally, like made a huge thing about drinking a glass of water with one hand, like even through the glass, like off stage or something, like like a a complete dick, just like throws a glass of water like into the wings of the stage. Now some fucking has to come come off that shit, like broken glass up now. Fucking some tech just got a glass in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Glassed someone. Uh, guys, I've oh, got to go sorry. quick dinner. Um, sorry. I've, I'm, I'm um, bringing my, my appearance to an abrupt end. Okay, um, no worries. Bang. But enjoy chatting shit about the, the games. Um, yeah, let's move on to the next game then quickly. This is our forte. Um, oh, yeah. uh, the Waratahs threw their chance away. Their chance at like a guaranteed spot of the final away. And I hope that they yeah. lose out on it as a result. They could have, if they'd Good. won that game by enough to deny the bonus point, which they were definitely in a position to do at one point, then... No, they gave a penalty away at 76 minutes. Yeah, so I I hope that they lose as a result of that, and they sit at home watching, hopelessly thinking about the poor decisions they've made. Well, the maths is, I think, the Force need to... Or the Rebels, sorry. The Rebels need to beat the Force by four points. Yeah. And then they confirmed that the the rebels could probably manage that. I'm out of here, boys. Okay. Cheers. Cheers, Alex.
Okay, Ben, now that Alex has left, uh, you and I can carry on discussing the rest of Super Rugby Australian Union. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really watch um, many of the games. Um, yeah, I was just on the beach living on the island, you know, um, with baby James giving me chips. I, I feel like there's... A... Oh, Spanner being thrown in the works here right now. I feel like <laughs> this is not Ben, even though that was a masterful, <laughs> masterful. This is an alternative timeline where um, where Ben left early instead of Alex. Yeah, somehow we fell in a loophole, and by alternative timeline we mean it's now September, <laughs> and I lost the recording, <laughs> and we're using Alex's, and then Alex has graciously also opted to just help me wrap up quickly what happened in Australia over the weekend, because. In the missing 10 minutes, Ben outright admitted to pretty much seeing none of Australia Australia's Super Rugby Tournament because either he was still at work or on the on the golf course. So beach was close. It was actually golf course. Well, it's golf course on the beach, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I assume it's just one big sand trap for them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you get it on the green, then you, you start complaining. Like, oh, fuck. Landing on the grass. Yeah, you've got, you've, got two, you've got two clubs in Mauritius, a sand wedge and the putter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I can't remember where we left where we left off last so time. So I think we basically just started touching on Force Brumbies, and okay. I think we just commented that the Brumbies, uh, not the Brumbies, that yeah, the Brumbies didn't beat a, or I said the Brumbies didn't win as by as much as the Force did. Oh uh, uh, yeah. As, and then you said nah, but the Brumbies pretty much all and then i made the analogy of yeah, yeah, yeah. dominant era storm is also like winning every okay. game but by like inches okay cool so yeah i think there's not much more to say about that i think yeah it, it was a fairly i think the most interesting thing out of that was the discussion that you and mitch had i think yesterday about those mashup teams of like australian and new zealanders and the Oh yeah, and the and the and the crusaders or whatever the faders. <laughs> Essentially, who did that? That was, that was had, a good one. Yeah. They had who did they? Uh, have? They had one force player. Who was it? It was. Uh yeah, I think it was Stowers. Yeah, I think it was Stowers, and then I, I think. Trying to find it. And I think you uh, made a, a fair point that, Ian Pryor should maybe make the team over Bryn Hall as well. Yeah, look, I mean, I like Bryn Hall. Like, blows my mind sometimes. Um. It's nice having like a club level player in the Crusade. Oh, uh, sorry, it wasn't Stowe's. It was yeah, it was Fergus Lee Warner in at uh, number four uh, over yeah. Dunchy um, at this rate. Dunchy, yeah. Dunchy, which is a fair shot, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's basically the Crusaders plus Fergus Lee Warner. Yeah, and then I think, in the for the sake of fairness, I think Ian Pryor might actually get a pip over Hall. I think that was a fair comment yeah. as well. I think I mean, look, I'm I'm still I even. I would consider one of Stunder or or Stowers over Fetty Douglas, to be completely honest. Like mm-hmm. Fetty Douglas, I don't know. Like I, he kind of he fell off a little he, bit this season. He wasn't as dominant yeah. as I thought he'd be. But He's like I don't know. For me, like there's a weird sort of like silver lining connecting the three three conferences with like Fetty Douglas, Guano Augustus, and Rob Valentini. <laughs> like like those guys have just never been seen in the same room at the same time like, I'm like just convinced <laughs> it's the same person oh fuck oh, actually now I need to check if there are any highlights of Chalky playing against Fetty yeah it's suspiciously like pulled out of the game but although 
we now need to check if Fetu Douglas is training for North versus South because I think you just said you saw Trocky drive past. I did, yeah. And that explains why um, Rob Valentini is not playing this weekend. Yeah, that tracks. This all tracks. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, he may, maybe he's on his way to the airport. I don't know. Could be, could be. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. Well, so I think we're done with the force and Brambies. Yeah, Bram, well done for Brambies. They sort of walked into the finals to, to first yeah. position. I yeah. mean, they played well. They deserve it. I think. I think much, much like their, uh, much like their really more, their progression into the finals was slow, steady, and inevitable. Yeah, and all but guaranteed by like week yeah. four. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the other game was a bit more. It was a bit more to talk about. Yes. Waratahs. So, yeah, I counted nine tries in this game, the Tars Rebels game. Yeah, nine tries. Okay, that's yeah. pretty good. I mean, I guess like it's good to see because obviously both teams were playing for a spot or a chance to get a spot in the playoffs. Yeah. So it had it like there was a risk that it would have been a very kind of negative game, like, so, like Test rugby. Yeah, it was either going to be what it was like a nine try match or just Test and everyone just kicking drop goals and that. But I think this is maybe a result of their silly rules now. Of like the twenty-two fifty dropout and things like that. I don't know. I mean, I like. I felt like the commentators were kind of forcing it down our throats a bit this weekend. I don't, um, I don't think I listened much to the commentary. I t- tend to turn it down and put music on while I'm watching. Yeah, fair enough. I don't blame you for that. But like, uh, I can't remember if it was in this game or the other one or both. But I, I counted two or three times where the fullback you know sort of gathers and kicks. And then the commentator's like, oh, you know, he's looking for the 50-22 or the, the 22-50 here. But he's clearly not. Like, there's no... Because, like, if you're looking for the 22-50 or the 50-22, yeah. you need, like, one of those raking, long grubber kicks like Percy yeah. Montgomery used to do. These guys are just hoisting it up and under. Yeah. Like, they're kicking a normal kick. And, you know, it's like a normal territorial battle that we're used to seeing over the last few years. And then the commentator's like, oh, yeah, there you go, look for the 22-50. We clearly isn't. He's just kicking it to his opposite number. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I'm still, I'm still very, I'm very skeptical as to the impact that the that particular rule has had. Um, and I'm also a bit confused about the application of the other rule, the goal line drop up, because I've seen it. God, I've seen it ways so. Times. Yeah, it makes no sense. What was, it was this one where like there was a held. So, for a held up, it gets called. And then if you yeah. dot, and if you dot it down, it also gets called by the looks of it. Yeah, but as long as they've taken it across. Yeah. If you've taken it across, it's obviously still a five meter scrum. No, but, no, wait, no, because because when in the first did... game though, didn't Hooper gather it across and then dot it down? Yeah. It's just, yes. uh, so then, it's been yeah. blown. I, see, this is what I mean. I, I mean, I I'm not I'm not trying to accuse the law of being unclear. I'm I'm well aware that the most likely. Um, situations that i'm just an idiot and i don't understand it and i didn't pay enough attention but i've as a i think that's also a bit of a litmus test like is if i'm if i can be considered the man on the street which in this case i kind of am and i don't understand the application there's there's a problem yeah anyway but uh yes so a couple of things that came out of this game for me um okay so i want to i'll i'm going to lead in with an article um that popped up on Tuesday last week on my Twitter feed at least uh, by Rod Kafer on rugby.com.au Kafer's column why I wouldn't pick a wallaby over the age of 24 so 
I mean, look, oh, you, I, I probably don't need to go into this anymore. You, you can probably tell it's, it's a lot of bullshit and just complete like garbage. But anyway, uh, KF is making a case for the for the Wallabies to just be under 24 this year. Now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out why he's picked 24. Like, 24 is a bit of a random number. Like, he could have picked 23. Yeah, but very clearly he, he wanted to justify including Taniela Tupo, who's over the age of twenty-three. I was going to say, I mean, yeah. right there, you're like, okay, well, this is a bullshit exercise, then, isn't it? <laughs> like, why, why draw a phantom line in the sand? Like, if you want to pick Taniela Tupo over Alan Alato, then just do it. You don't need to make like a magic like number age, yeah. whereby like you know, it must be this young to play. It's stupid, but anyway, um, but it ties in. I don't want to give any more airtime to to Kefa. But it ties in with um, with something that I've, I've I saw a remarkable amount of this last weekend, which is people Australians on Twitter saying that Michael Hooper's over it and Michael Hooper should be dropped from the Wallabies and um, that there's no way he's going to be as good or as effective as Liam Wright or Fraser McWright in the number seven jersey for the Wallabies anymore, and complaining about how. Uh, Rugby Australia have locked him into like this ridiculous long-term, super lucrative deal, when clearly, you know, to their eyes, he's um, he's over the hill. And I think it was Jared Wright on Twitter was asked the question: you know, Is Michael Hooper the, like, the the most kind of underrated player in Australia, or like the he wasn't underrated? He was oh the the, lead, the most underappreciated yeah. player in Australia. And I when I first thought I was like, geez, come on, Michael Hooper, like. Michael Hooper's probably been the only world-class wallaby for in the last for like World Cup cycle between him and and like maybe Israel Folau, you know, like Hooper's fucking amazing. And so I poo-pooed it, but then I went on Twitter and saw a whole bunch of people saying this, saying, you know, Hooper's passed it, just ditch him, cut his contract, and let's play Fraser McWright and Liam Wright. And obviously, this is something that Kefa is is supporting. Um, I don't know. I mean, can I get your reaction on that before I maybe continue so... my diatribe? Yeah, I don't know. I tend and just based on this week, Hooper, because the Hooper played was very busy this week. He's almost, I almost loathe to say it, but like Matt Todd esque, like with just busy work in the background of this. Mm. Like I'm just remembering the times I saw Hooper in this match chasing down players. Like he was almost everywhere, and yeah, it's silly to try and cut out someone like because also if you drop him, I mean as you said, he's the most the most ex- uh, he's the, their world class player he's also most probably their most experienced and just seems to be like their most sort of calming influence in that squad mm. of, of a squad of like hotheads and that that you kind of need someone like that yeah so I mean this is the thing right I like first of all I mean Michael Hooper <laughs> like if there's anyone in, in rugby who shouldn't need to kind of def- like to be defended yeah it's honest it's honestly hooper like yeah. i'm no. not saying i'm not saying he's the best player in the world obviously that's not true but like his resume is is probably the most like disgusting thing like i'm not saying like not in terms of, of wins like his not in terms of like his achievements but just in terms of like his his like the sheer volume of what he's like achieved what he's done so i mean i'll give you a comparison here see Tanakulisi. Sia, Sia is like probably one of the most visible rugby players in the world right now. Mm. Um, also, as it happens, a you know, good parallel to Hooper because both captains at national level, but a lot of people often, well, nowadays are 
questioning whether they are the best in their position. Khaleesi is 29 years old. Okay. Yeah. He's got 115 caps for Stormers, 30 caps for Western Province. So let's call it uh, 145. Let's call it 150, 150 first class caps at club level. And he's got 50 um, senior caps for the Springboks. So 150 plus 50, so 200 caps overall. It's pretty impressive at the age of 29. Michael Hooper is a year younger than Khaleesi. He's, tw he's only 28 years old. He's got 150 caps for the Waratahs alone. He's got another 30 for the Brumbies. So 180 first class caps. On top of that, he's one cap shot injury. He's on 99 caps. At the age of 28, he's on 99 caps for the Wallabies. Like he's coming up on, so he's 180 plus 100. He's coming up on 280. He's coming up on 300 like club and club and country caps at the age of 28. Fuck it. Like he's easily going to make another World Cup. Yeah. He's easily the best like leader. Like there's there's a leadership vacuum I think in Australia a little bit at the moment. Like I like the look of Liam Wright, but I mean like Dane Haley Petty captain of the Rebels. I don't really fully no. see it. Like I, I like him as a vice captain kind of thing, but I don't like captains at fullback anyway. I think it's stupid. But you know Michael Hooper is like he is the front man for Australian rugby, and on top of which, um, I had a, I had a look at the stats. Um, over this is just in in Super Rugby AU, so I didn't even look at the at the regular season, but I can go into that. Because um, someone on Twitter said uh, the residue of Liam Wright and Fraser McWright will be the starting flankers for the Wallabies, uh, and Wright Wright could keep Hooper off the bench or on the bench. Their stats are better at this stage of the competition, but Hooper has 74 carries in Super Rugby AU, which is more than both of them combined. What's well, about the same as them combined? So. <laughs> Liam Wright's got 31 over the season. Fraser McWright's got 45 over the season. Mike Hooper's 74. So it's almost as many as them combined. He's got more passes than them combined. So he's not just like doing the tuck and run that we see from so many loose forwards. He's got more tackles than either of them. Liam Wright's made 85. Fraser McWright's made 70. Mike Hooper's made 93. So he's carrying the ball more than both of them combined. And he's tackling more than either of them. And what's his first turnovers like? So... So his error rate, his turnovers conceded. Oh yeah, he's, made, he's only made, he's only made four mistakes this year. So he's made four errors, which is the same as Wright, and lower than McWright, who's on seven. He's um, given away penalties. He's given away eight penalties, which is the same about the same as McWright, who's given away nine. So McWright, and, so they're both pilferers, you know. That's yeah. how you kind of give away those penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wright's only, Wright's only given away three because he doesn't go for the ball as much. Or he goes for it in, in slightly more sensible situations, I guess. Now, his pilfers, right just his pilfers aren't that great. So he's he does have the fewest uh, pilfers out of all of them. He's only got eight pilfers this season. Wright has nine. And I think that speaks... The fact that Wright's got nine pilfers with only three penalties, that just shows like he's he's quite a cerebral player. Like He knows when to go for it. But McWright's got 14 turnovers, which is really good. Mm. But you can't fall into the trap of thinking like, oh, your open side is a fetcher, and therefore you would just pick the best fetcher. Because the rugby game is 80 minutes. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. For me, if you ask me, do you want a, do you want a, an open side who's going to give away the most penalties, but also get you the most turnover ball and run you that sort of high-risk, high-reward? Or do you want a guy who's guaranteed to carry the ball and carry it effectively and bring others into the game and make the most tackles? Like, for me, Hooper's work rate is just, like, mind-blowing compared to other open sides. 
I'll quickly pull up the. Uh, I know I'm on a bit of a rant, but I feel, I feel like Go this, for is, it. this is worth it. This is, like, I think... this is interesting stuff. This is the one um, time we care about Australia. <laughs> so now I'm looking at the uh, Super Rugby proper. So this is before um, before COVID hit us, and this is now for all teams, so not just Australian teams. Um, this is, by the way, if you're interested in this and you're listening, this is on the Fox Sports website. They've got a really great little stats bunker. Yeah, they do. Um, and you could you could look at all the metrics by not just by total but also by average. So okay, it's taking a little while to load for me for some reason. Um, now that you've um, now that you've shouted it off, it's obviously slowing yeah. down your access. Yeah, but okay, so I'm looking at the averages. Okay, um, the average runs per game. So this is carries per game. The top was okay. They got Marcus Kramer here as an open side, but that's because they just they ordered by a jersey number. So obviously you can ignore him. He's a blind side. The top carries per game, Michael Hooper, out of all the open sides in the competition. It's worth noting actually that pretty much the top five in this list, other than him, are all blind sides. So it's Kramer, Chatuka, Tyler Paul, Peter Steptoy, Josh Strauss, Willem Alberts. So the number one carries per game by an open side. Eight, so he carries the ball 8.3 times per game. The next highest open side is Liam Wright. He carries it five times a game. So three fewer carries per game that you're getting out of Liam Wright. Tackles um, is head and shoulders Tom Christie from the Crusaders. He was making 18.5 tackles a game. Yeah, he It's superhuman. 18.5 tackles a game, right? But second on the list, Michael Hooper, 14.2. So he's the most carries per game, the second most tackles per game, not just out of Australian teams, out of every single Super Rugby team this season. So it's, yeah, I mean, I, I could go through the whole list of stats, but obviously, yeah, I think I've made my point. Um, there's simply no way that, like, you can leave Michael Hooper out of a Wallaby team at this point. Yeah. Um, and, like, to suggest that he's passed it just because he's no longer doing the flashy long runs or whatever that people are used to seeing from him or the pilfers is very very short-sighted and it's the same kind of philosophy that has people calling for Taniela Tupo to start a tight head over Alan Alatoa yeah. so yeah I mean I think that was for me the biggest takeaway I mean Hooper walked away he was had a very good game um, he also set up an assist yeah a try assist so he, he's doing it all and like uh, yeah uh, I do want the Waratahs not to make the playoffs uh, and this this is a good segue for your, your article that you wanted to bring up okay. uh, but I don't want that to be reflected on the individuals because I do think like the Waratahs are some quality players. So, yeah, and before I bring up the article, I just want to bring up a point that Ben and I made last night that should should the Rebels lose to the Force this weekend, the Force should take third place. They should go in immediately over above everyone else. Just, yeah. they deserve it then. Because if they manage <laughs> to... I think if the, like, the Rebels should also just be like, no, fuck it, that's fine. The Tars should just at this point concede and if the force beat the rebels this weekend they third yeah, but yeah it's so, like it's like it's like the tiebreaker rule in our quiz whatsapp group yeah pretty much where if, if two if two people end, end a quiz on a tiebreaker on a tie then the tiebreaker question gets asked and anyone even if they weren't even if they were like low down on the score for the quiz if you get the tiebreaker question right then you automatically win the whole quiz yeah it's... i feel like that should be applied to the force this weekend yeah golden game rules and speaking Same. of Speaking of that, um, this headline that I read out to you earlier, which I think I heard you visibly just curl up slightly and just cringe into yourself. Um, let me read it again. Massive roadblock standing in the way of first Super Rugby Finals appearance. 
for the rebels. <laughs> I couldn't even get to the. I couldn't even get to the end of it, and you were already dead inside. Um, yeah. I knew it was coming. Like it wasn't even. I didn't even have the shock factor this time, but it's pisses me off so much. This, this narrative that they want to build. So the narrative of the article is obviously that the force are now going to have this perfect chance to ex. Yeah, yeah. The force will have perfect chance to exact revenge over the Melbourne Rebels when the arch enemies lock horns at the McDonald Jones Stadium on Saturday. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, I think if anyone doesn't know the history, when they, when the Australians had to cut a team, they cut, obviously, the force over the Rebels. So, essentially, cutting the one team from the West Coast to keep all the teams on the East Coast. Blah, blah, blah. Force have been stuck playing their own version of global rapid rugby for a little while trying to get teams they've gone they've come back and have yet to win a game so i mean it's a bold call to say that they're gonna that they stand as a massive roadblock because the rebels only need to win by four points to be to get to make it into the finals yeah 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 that's right so literally a try they just need to win by a try or like yeah penalty i suppose two penalties yeah I don't think it'll be too tough for them, but yeah, uh, I just—I mean, okay. I think I think this is as good a time as any to to point out the the fucking the cheek of it, the the, like, the sheer fucking cheek that Australian rugby has to pull the Western Force into their competition, into their Super Rugby Australia, which is obviously fair enough. Yeah. To then decide that they're going to have playoffs. Which Super Rugby Aotearoa didn't. Yeah. To then say that of the five fucking teams that are participating, three of them will make playoffs. Yeah. A full six, a full sixty percent of your like your competition is going to make the playoffs, which just turns the fucking regular season into a joke. Wait. Which is which is then magnified. Well, it's then magnified when you consider that the fifth team, which was Western Force, we're never going to fucking get a win. Okay, and if they're Western Force fans listening to this and are upset with my assessment, then go take a look in the mirror because I've been seeing Western Force fans all over Twitter for the last month or so, ever since it became apparent that they weren't going to get a win, saying, defending the team by saying, oh, well, you know, they're not a proper team, like they haven't been playing professional rugby for two years, or you can't really expect them. Okay, fine. Then we don't expect them to get a win. Cool. We're just giving out participation awards for this competition. That's okay. If that's what you want to do, that's okay. I don't necessarily mind. It's on my competition. But then don't fucking pretend like they're going to ever have a chance at the playoffs, which means that you've got four teams in line for the playoffs and you're giving it three spots. Like, what the fuck is the point of this? What was the point of the last 10 weeks if you're just going to exclude one of the four Super Rugby teams from going to these so-called fucking playoffs? Just have... Just crown a winner. Just give it to the Brumbies who topped the table. They only lost one game. Right? Or, like, if you really, really want to see, like, if you want to get every last fucking drop of game time out of this thing, then sure, let the top two play in the final. Why are you having a three team playoff in a four team competition plus the force? Like, I don't fucking get it. I don't, I mean, I get it, but I don't. Like, it's stupid. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's absolute bullshit. Like, uh, the, neither the Waratahs nor the Rebels deserve to be in the playoffs. They are having a rebuilding season and particularly in the Waratahs case uh, the Rebels are dealing without a few of their key players um, we've all enjoyed watching them you know uh, I, I think I speak for the minority but well not the minority let me let me not be unfair 
it's been a, it's been great to have Super Rugby Australia happening without any other rugby on. Yeah. And it's been a good competition, and I'm really happy for Australians. And if I was Australian, I would be embracing it fully, and I'd love it. So it's good that they had the competition. But why do we have to pretend like it's something that it isn't? And if this is a whole, if they're now building this narrative into not just oh, like, oh, one of these two crap teams made playoffs. Oh, they're actually doing really, really well, which everyone knows is bullshit. They're now going to deem it a Super Rugby playoff. Yeah, and they're going to... The Rebels make their first Super Rugby playoff. No, they fucking haven't. Not they're, just... the third, they're the third worst team in, in, in Australia. I Just call it what it is. It's like, why does, everyone, why does everything have to be made to seem more prestigious than it really is? They had a decent season. They got a fucking upset over... Whoever, a couple of wins here and there, they've, they've done okay, everything's fine, just like walk away. You don't have to pretend like you now the equivalent of, you know, a, a team like the Hurricanes or the Chiefs or the Sharks who were, you know, pushing for proper fucking, you know, ch- like Super Rugby Championship opportunities. And like, for God's sake, do not pretend like whoever wins this competition has added another Super Rugby title to their arsenal to their trophy cabinet if it's the red, reds or the brumbies you know um, um, but... oh, it's the rebels please do not come and tell me that they've won their first super rugby title they fucking haven't and i'll apply the same i'll take the same energy to the crusaders they haven't won super rugby they won super rugby out it's the first of its kind probably the last good for them they're still dominant but they didn't win super rugby no one won super rugby and yeah fair Okay, I... I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, fair. <laughs> it was actually very good to listen to. But I fully, yeah, I stand by that. And I love, it's just the audacity. Sorry, I, I, black, I blacked out in the that, middle. That, <laughs> Sorry, guys. That, that, the I don't hate Australians, I promise. It's the audacity of the Australians. To, uh, I just, just the, the audacity. you got to admire it, really. You really do. Like, it's just like, we, and you kind of understand they really are trying their best to make their rugby seem important so that they actually get someone in their country to watch it yeah. like you can see why no, no. they're trying so hard but at the same time try yeah, so I, hard I, at I, home I, don't 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 loop us in in this this is the thing is i i don't actually know what i resent more i, I don't know if i resent the manipulation from super rugby australia or from, well, from rugby australia to try and and like fabricate this prestige around something that isn't prestigious in order to get attraction like i don't know if i resent that bullshit gimmicky marketing that's so kind of transparent and superficial yeah or if i more resent the fact that i think it's actually working i think yeah. that might actually be what's, what's pissing me off more is that is that the general like rugby watching public in australia seem to be drinking it up yeah, but that's... instead of rejecting it and saying because like i don't i don't feel like south africans like need the curry cup to be prestigious they just want to see their team play I'm actually like you don't very need to be... curious to see how we how Maybe we I'm react. wrong. Maybe. I'm very curious to see how we react. And we should actually yeah. take it. We should, because I have a feeling it's we're going to be seeing a lot of smoke blown up our own asses when our cup, yeah. cup kicks off. I mean, maybe it's because I'm a, like a Stormers fan. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just used to, I've spent the last 10 years, you know, like telling people how shit the Stormers are. Yeah. And how much I hate them. And... Well buying tickets to as many live games as i can and, and i've never missed a stormers game yeah you know and I, I i don't feel like that's cognitive dissonance i feel like you should be able to watch your sport and support your team without pretending and lying to yourself about how good they are you know so i resent it when people try and tell me that the stormers are good when i know that they're not and i just pray and hope that they'll get better you know and i'll be there for for them when they when they do 
and I just feel like it's I don't know I don't know I think yeah. I think that might be what pisses me off more is that Australians are prepared to buy into them. and again so I know there's a lot of generalization and I, I'm not I'm not picking on Australians it's just that this is the only thing we have to talk about uh, but I just feel like so many people are buying into this kind of Fugazi narrative and it, it annoys me and I'm also just sensitive because we don't have any rugby so I feel like they're better than us yeah no I hear that anyway yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Now I'm done. <laughs> I had a second wind there. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You rallied well. Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> thanks for enabling me. <laughs> it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this a lot. Um, but I'm actually, I'm actually gonna go. I'm late for another meeting. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think what we said was gonna be like a quick ten minutes just to tack on the end of the episode. Yeah. It's close on thirty. <laughs> sorry. Should we close it off quickly? Or yeah, do, do you want to add anything? No, I think I think everything that needs to be said about Rugby Australia has been said. So. And, and a lot of things that didn't need to be said. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's mostly from their side. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Anyway, sorry, so, guys. Sorry if you listening and you're upset with me i apologize so this episode has now become one of our 90 minute specials recorded over two <laughs> <laughs> what have i done i'm proud of you okay thank you alex i appreciate you okay. cool. thanks matt thanks for hosting thanks no for worries. sorting out the yeah backup i'll episode. sort out this crap later and cheers okay. cheers everyone cheers bye. cheers bye oh yeah no that was good